Welcome to the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast, where we explore what it means to grow daily and find our best in every aspect of life. Welcome back to another episode of the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast. I'm John Shirky here with my friend and my co-host, Jamie Wagner. Jamie, good to see you. You as well. Um, excited to be here. You know, didn't know what to expect a whole lot when we well, were- Well, let's be honest. I certainly felt like, what are we getting into? We got an astrophysicist on the pod today. Yeah. And when we got the the referral from Ashley Harmon, who we had on, go listen to that episode. Really, really great stuff from her. And she's just like, Finest is a guy you guys need to talk to. And so you start doing the research and you're like, okay, I get it. This starts to make some sense as to why she, but when she says astrophysicist from the beginning, you're like, whoa. Um, but then it is kind of mind blowing. All the things that he's doing and accomplishing is, is pretty awesome. Um, because no finest is he's got a plan and he, and he shows us how a little bit in the episode. And I love it. Yeah. Uh, we get into the background a little bit in the episode, but division one athlete, all American high school athlete before that. Um, and then, makes the decision to go into the sciences and cause he knew after his senior year of high school, Hey, this is what I want to do. And wow, what clarity. Right. And I, yeah. I, he talks a little bit about that clarity and what that looks like for him and how he made that decision um, coming up, but cool but stuff. Doing a ton of other stuff too. And, right. And has a bunch a, of other stuff. Yeah. Has a fitness app, has a podcast. Like, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Um, the fitness app, IV Fitness, in case you're looking for a personal trainer. He talks about it. We didn't get the name in, so we told him we would get it in the intro. But And then the I, podcast is IV Conversations, right? It's like the letter four or the suffix in Roman numeral yep. four. Yep. So, IV Talks, I think. IV Talks, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, man, awesome stuff. Sorry about the rambling there, everybody. Thanks for hanging with us. But the, the reality is this. He blew our minds a little bit. Yeah. Cause there's so many things in this episode that's going to change. Um, can't, could change your life and how you see your time and got to choose, got to choose to opt into the things that he's talking about. Right. And that's, it keeps coming back to that. Right. He has chosen that this is going to be who I am and this is how I'm going to live. And it's going to give me an opportunity to perform on my absolute best. That's what we're about here at eyes up. Right. So let's do that. Let's learn. Yeah. What, what are you choosing? That's the question. We got better today. You will as well. Here we go. We now welcome on a very special guest, finest Stribling the fourth, or should we call you uncle Strib? I know you go by that for your podcast. Oh, yeah. what, whatever one you want is good with me. No, that's, either or is fine. <laughs> no, that's cool, man. Hey, thanks for joining us. Uh, we were just talking about how we had Ashley Harmon from the University of Texas on a couple of weeks ago. And, and when we asked her, hey, who would be a cool conversation now that she kind of got to know us and our style? She's like, you got to talk to Finest. She introduced us. You were super cool to say, yeah, let's do it. So super excited to have you and uh, welcome. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. So you have a, a wild kind of story. A Division one college football player at the University of Mizzou now studying astrophysics to get a phd that is a wild kind of connection right and right. i think you've talked about this before this idea that being an elite athlete 
division one type athlete wasn't going to compromise the elite academics. And that happens for a lot of people. How did you right. manage that? Let's dive in right away and kind of talk about that. Because when people think former cornerback in the big 12, big, you know, like big deal doing astrophysics stuff, that's, that's wild. How did you manage that? Those, that balance? Um, so the more, so I pretty much just scheduled everything kind of because once, you know, once you get to the collegiate level of sports, everything's scheduled for you. And once you, especially freshman year, once you get that longer leash, when you become a sophomore and junior and they kind of let you kind of start doing your own scheduling, I just made sure I stayed with doing our weekly to-do list that we had to turn in as freshmen. I was still making them as a, as a sophomore, junior, senior, and I was still scheduling homework time with a uh, time after practice or after meetings to make sure I'm on top of uh, my stuff. Um, it wasn't easy though. So even with all that, it was some semesters where I thought I'd have to switch, but I was just determined to, to get it done. Is that something that you still do? I mean, cause you just talked about, Hey, I got to turn in my weekly to-do list. Is that something that you've carried forward now into your grad school and your PhD? Oh, uh, every week I lay down what I need to have done this week, what to do this week. And uh, I schedule everything down to when I'm eating. I, I schedule it all. So is that like a, a time blocking specifically? I mean, I've, I've heard of that phrasing. I played with that for a little while in my own life, I, right? Um, can you talk to some of the specifics of the details of that? How do you lay out that for somebody that might be interested to say, hey, that, would, that might work for me? Right. So it's basically a blocking system. So I get on my Google calendar and I have like wake up. Well, so like last week, wake up to four thirty. Then I drink my shake at four fifty. Then I'm at the, the gym at five. In, the shake is in your schedule. Uh, this making the shake, my post workout awesome. shakes in the schedule. Then it's uh, after that I'll have my research hours on campus from seven to nine. Then after that it's uh, I eat again. I'll have lunch at uh, nine o'clock. And then if I work a, cause I also work part time at Shoe Palace. If I that's in there, I put that in my. I just all the way down to when it's time to go to bed. I have everything all scheduled out in the calendar. That's awesome. How, how often do you deviate from that? I mean, I'm just curious. I, because it's so specific, right? Right. Like, how often do you find yourself getting off of that schedule or, and how do you get back on if you do? Uh, not that often. It, it, it takes a lot for me to veer off my schedule. Um, and if I do, it's if I do veer off, it's usually something very small, maybe like an event I have to go to. I'll put it in. But then uh, if it's just that one block, let's say on a Wednesday, I have an event in the afternoon. I always make sure to just that next day it's because I do it for the whole week. So like Sunday, I'll make it for a whole week. So everything's all. So even if I deviate on Wednesday night, my Thursday is still set yeah. kind yeah. of thing. So when. I was just curious because I was listening to, I, I made reference to your podcast and we'll let you plug it here at the end or whatever. But um, I was listening to the most recent episode and, and the guy you were talking with kind of in passing made some comments that I thought were super interesting along these lines where he's like, yeah, you don't, you know, you don't drink, you don't do any drugs. Yeah. You, you don't do anything fun is I think what no. he said. And then he, he kind of said like, well, that's because of the, the life that you want to live and the choices that you've made. So maybe I wonder if you can just talk about that, maybe in terms of how do you stay disciplined and make those choices, whether it's the scheduling stuff or any, take it any direction you want with that. 
Right. So uh, I'm a very, very passionate, like determined person. When I decide I want to do something, I'll do whatever it takes. And I want to be, so the goal is to get my PhD. I want to be a professor, but I also want to stay on top of my physical fitness. And I want to eventually maybe start competing and like powerlifting and all that. So again, it's just like I did with school and football. I'm essentially still doing school and get training for powerlifting. But to, to stay on top of both, I have to make sure I commit to both as much as I can. I'm the type of person where once I commit to something or I say I'm going to do something, like I'm all in. I don't give like half effort on anything I do. So even at like Shoe Palace, you know, it's a part-time job. It, it's, it's a fun job. But when I'm there, I'm the best shoes salesman on the floor. Like I go all in. I make sure everything's done right. I do extra. I do more than what the job description is because that's just, if I'm going to do something, I go all in. And that's kind of just something that my parents taught me as a young age because they're, they're the same way. Both my parents are pretty much the same. So that's kind of where I get that from. It's just teachings of when I was young. So I work with a lot of young athletes, right? Where they're 14 to 17, 14 to 18. Right. And the thing I hear just constantly, right, is if they if they expressed to me what you just said, where I'm, if I'm in, I'm all in, they'd be like, well, my friends or my teammates or this person over here says try hard, right? That's the thing that you hear, right? That right. You're a try hard. Don't, why? Like, what would the answer that you would give to that be to, to one of these young people, right. you know, that they're like, I don't want to go all in because the judgment I feel from outside is a lot of pressure. And I, that's not just for young people. Let's be real, right? I struggle with that at right. 37. Or, you know, my parents probably struggle with that at 60. So what would the answer that you would give that to that response be? Right. Let's say, you know, basketball or, or football, if they're trying to reach that next level, I always tell it's how bad do you want it? Yeah. If you want it bad enough, you got you to gotta close out all the outside noise, even if it's your friends, because they obviously don't want it as bad as you do. So I'm going to try hard. Yeah, I'm trying the hardest I can. That's the point. Like, I want to make it to that next level. Um, so it has to come with some level of uh, self-esteem, of not really caring what the outside noise is, even if it's your close friends, and just telling, telling yourself, this is, I want it bad enough to where you know, I'm going to try hard and we're going to go hard. It's, it's interesting to me. I, I was reading a book recently that talked about how self-selecting, right? Choosing right. your own kind of path imbues kind of this natural confidence, right? That says like, I'm going to do this. And as a result, I believe that I can do this. And I don't really care what that outside right. thought process is. I can't help but think about, you know, let's go to that, the physics side of this thing. I'm sure there are a lot of people who are like, no way, physics, not yeah. a chance. <laughs> Right. But you self-select, you're passionate about it. How has that, like it being a choice for you, influenced your willingness to go there and, and to say, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. Right. Uh, so I think it, it has a lot to do with that. Cause um, a lot of people just assume because it's astrophysics and crazy math that I, I was just naturally gifted in terms of being smart. I'm not, I'll be the first one to tell you, I well, growing up, I struggled learning. Uh, I could, reading and writing was tough for me. Math, even though I have a minor in math, math is, was tough. I had to will my way to, to the math. Um, but, I, but I was just so determined because I knew this is what I wanted to do. I did the extra hours. I did the studying late, late at night because I just wasn't getting it. 
because I wanted it so bad, that's just what I had to do because it didn't come to me naturally. So I, like you said, I, had to, I literally willed my way into my degree because, you know, it, it was, it's not, it didn't come to me naturally for sure. So several places along the way, it seems like you kind of had, we've had guests on before talk about the hinge moment or, you know, the event in your life that kind of changed the course of your trajectory. In high school, you talked about, hey, I'm going to go into forensic science, criminal justice. You take a physics class, your senior year of high school, and you, the hinge moment for you is, hey, I'm going to be a professor. I'm going to get my PhD in physics. What was it about that experience that, that drew you to this, this journey that you're on that you clearly are going to go accomplish? Right. Uh, so leading up to that, that senior year, I've always had like teachers telling me that, oh, you'd be a great teacher or you'd be a great coach, stuff like that. Cause I like, I like showing people that it's not as hard as it seems. Cause I had a good way of simplifying complex things. And so I always had that back in my mind, but I've always been a science guy. Uh, so I, like you said, I wanted to go into forensic science. That senior year, uh, Coach Finley, he was also the track coach, taught that class. And we got to the astronomy or the astro side of the space. And I've always been, always been the guy. I want to make everything make sense. Yeah. Even if I don't know why for sure in my head, I'm like, maybe it's because I always want to make things make sense. And then when we get to the universe and, you know, uh, a lot of people don't know is you know as you tell kids the universe is infinite well it's not anything that had a beginning can't be infinite and the universe had a beginning at some point so because it's so vastly huge we just basically say it's infinite because it's 14 billion light years across which is pretty much infinite if you're explaining it to a kid or but then you get right <laughs> and then you get to the thought process okay what was there before the beginning yeah or this is more like I don't want to go off too rabbit hole, too big of a rabbit hole, but you know what was there before the beginning? Was it nothing? Uh, the Big Bang theory that used to be just the whole, all of the universe was in this central point that you could fit in the size of your palm. Now it's fourteen billion light years across. How? Yeah. And so that's when I was like, oh, this this is what I want to do because yeah. I want to know. I might not find the answer, but I want to know because I, I have a passion for just knowledge in general. I just I just want to know. I can just tell you this, man we would get along real well. Um, I, I took some astronomy and physics in college and I loved it. Yeah. And then I, like I met magnets, magnets and electricity. And I was like, yeah. Nope, that's it. I'm <laughs> done with you. Cause there is no, let's stay out of this rabbit hole, but there really is no why, right. They just, it right. just works, right. It, yeah, like the exactly. math just says it works anyway. I'm with you. I'm super fascinated about right. the same sort of journey that you're on. I, your doctoral work is in stellar evolution. Is that right? Yes. Yes. So I was telling John this, we don't have to go into this terribly, but stellar evolution is a great name for something someday, just so you're aware, right? If you ever start a band, stellar evolution, here we <laughs> yeah. go. Um, I have some questions because you're not just doing astrophysics. You're not just doing training for your own personal self. You have a fitness app, you have a podcast, you help with uh, black students in STEM, right? There's so many things that you're doing. Are they all just passion projects? Like, how do you get engaged? And again, how do you choose where, what deserves your time? 
Right. Uh, so they are passions, fitness, passion, science, passion, uh, outreach and community service, passion. I actually just finished uh, doing some outreach at the uh, San Antonio Air Show for the physics department here. Uh, but I mean, again, going back to the podcast you had referenced, uh, well, I don't do anything fun. So, I, you know, I'm scheduling. And I figured I don't really like I don't go out. I don't socialize for lack of a better phrase just because i'm doing all this stuff um so i kind of you know something has to be sacrificed and so i kind of you know the outreach and working at shoe palace the, the the department that is my social interaction so the thing that gets sacrificed is just i don't really go by bars and nightlife like that's not really you know it's not my style so you know i'm willing to sacrifice that and that's kind of how i choose what's a priority to me. So I was reading an article about you that was written, I, I think in your PhD program and it was, you know, what a scientist looks like. Right. And people aren't going to see you cause we, we don't put out our videos right now. Um, we're taking a little hiatus from that, but you look like a football player, right? If, if right. people saw you, they'd be like, Oh, that, that dude plays football. If he said, Hey, he's an astrophysicist. He's gonna he's gonna what is what stellar evolution, yeah, right? Right, Jamie? absolutely. Um, and I don't I, I just I think it was fascinating the article because it's like, what are you talking about? He doesn't look like a scientist. This is who this dude is. So can you talk a little bit about that when people maybe have a preconceived notion about whether it's your looks or your name or what all the stuff you're doing? And it's like, no, this is I'm doing really sweet stuff in the world of science. Yeah, so uh, it's actually, actually, to me personally, I love it just because I'm changing the narrative. A lot of people get offended and, you know, they're like, what does a scientist look like? You know, it's, there's not like a, you know, the stereotypical like nerdy glasses and like, you know, but uh, because I'm changing narrative, it's almost a sense of pride to me because I am a scientist and because I don't look like a scientist, but I am, it, it, it gives that, that, uh, to me, it sounds a little conceited, but it gives that unicorn factor. Like, oh wow, like this dude looks like a jock, but he's he's doing something different. And I love that just because I can change the narrative. Because to me, growing up, I always talk about I didn't know I could be a scientist. I didn't know I could be a physicist, let alone astrophysicist, because there's not a lot of African Americans in that field to look up to. And so once I got to the and so there, uh, there became a point where I took it upon myself to ask the questions that nobody was giving me. Uh, so the supervisor I'm with now, she's the head of the department here, uh, the physics department at UTSA. Well, earlier on, that's kind of where I wanted to go, but after seeing, you know, kind of the stress she's going through, I don't know, but uh, <laughs> you know, that's kind of, that's where I wanted to be. I want to run a department one day, build a, of astro department. And so I'm asking the questions, how do you become a professor? I didn't know I needed research until I was a senior in my undergrad. I was like, oh, I need to get on it. But then I started asking, how do you go about getting jobs? How do you go about moving up the ranks and stuff like that? Because I want to get to that position. So maybe some kid sees me like, oh, he's an astrophysicist because I love space. But I don't know if this is for me. They can look at me and be, be think, oh, that's an option for me. So I'm curious about this. Do you feel that because of the way you look, that you're a jock, that you're African-American, that 
that you didn't get some of the tracking potentially that other people might have, like you said, I didn't know I needed research. So as a senior in college, like there might've been uh, clearly some of your peers knew I need to be researching. Was that just an oversight on your part or what people not kind of advocating in the same way for you? I'm just curious about that. I think it's a combination of both because, because there was no, I feel like because there's no uh, specific advocation towards minorities to me it was just was just an afterthought yeah. it was it didn't even register to me that oh maybe i should figure out like what i need to do to, to get to that yeah. you know it's because uh well it's not unfortunate but you know if you're trying to go to the nfl or to the league or if you're trying to be a, a successful rapper as african-american that path is pretty well laid out yeah. we you know we usually know we got to go to college you got to put up a certain amount of production and you got a pretty decent shot if you go to a big enough school it's pretty plain and simple, but if you're trying to become a doctor or natural physicist or a chemist, but yeah. besides, besides my field, I don't even know what you do as a chemist or, or a doctor, what that path is. Some of that's on me because I still would have to do, I, there's some accountability I have to have sure. to looking it up. But at the same time, I don't see the, you don't see the, the pathway being, taught to you, just like financial literacy. Sure. It's being taught in a lot of uh, predominantly white uh, communities in terms of school. So I, I went to a predominantly white uh, high school and that stuff was taught, but in uh, minority communities, it's just something that's not even part of the curriculum in, in general. So is that something you, you referenced the outreach work that you're doing? What, what sorts of things are you guys doing to maybe bring those resources and those things to, to light? Right. So, uh, we're doing, we, we do a lot of outreach. And so we're trying to reach, uh, you, we're trying to reach younger. So we're trying to not even necessarily recruit, but just get the idea of physics to younger, the younger audience. So it becomes, it becomes, we trigger that thought process of this might be something I want to do when I get older, just because they see it earlier. And then especially with the black students in STEM, they see people of color teaching them or educating them or showing them that this is what we do. If you're interested, there's a path for you, or there is some representation of your community uh, for you and stuff like that. We, we talk about this all the time in athletics, right? You got to see that it's possible, right? Once, right? once you have a teammate that goes in, you know, like I was a track coach, once you have a teammate that goes and runs sub 23, okay, now I can go run. So like, that's not a big deal. I see that right. that's possible. He did it. I can do it. You know, if you've never seen it, that somebody you know, somebody that you relate to, somebody that looks like you right. has done it before, you don't even think it's a realistic, there's nothing there, you know? Right. So, so this is a question that kind of came up to me as I was thinking about this conversation. Being an athlete, right? And being a Division One athlete, like having been at meetings and lifting and all that stuff, you know, as athletes ourselves, it has to prepare you in a way that maybe some of your peers and your colleagues don't have that prep like how does that baseline i mean part of it you already mentioned the to-do list right like right. that thing's but how do you think that you've built on some of those skills now that you're not an athlete but you're still using some of those pieces right. to, to perform i think the number one is time management yeah that that's the, the biggest one time management um it's actually kind of funny because when i went from 
the, the semester right after I finished my eligibility, I went straight into grad school at Mizzou. Um, and it's, it's funny because it, it made grad school seem easier because I went from juggling football and the hours that come with that on top of the physics. And I didn't have football anymore. Now I was like, oh, well, don't do it all this free time. So I had the time to study and plus more. So it kind of almost it prepared me because it seemed easier because I had this ample time or what it felt like. So then I was able to make sure I had scheduled in ample of study time, ample of time for homework. And then obviously just the discipline of, okay, I know I need to get this done. So instead of waiting, I'm just going to go ahead and do it because, you know, when you have four or five years of just the discipline that it takes, it just becomes second nature. Well, more than that, right? You're, you're an all American track athlete in high school, right. or, you know, like you recruited right. to a division one college football program. Like clearly you were doing stuff in a, at a highly disciplined state, right? Probably 10 years. Right. I mean, you right. just so many reps of like, and I just heard this recently and I was telling John beforehand, but like discipline is being able to say no to yourself. Right. right. I just love that definition of it. Like you've practiced saying, no, I, I can't go drink. Yeah. I'm not going to go party with my buddies. Can't do it. I got other plans, right? Said no. Like, yeah, it's, it's an incredible skill that us as athletes are kind of, I guess, indoctrinated with over to like, right, over time, just a ton of reps. So, what do you what do you say to people though? Because I, I think it's such a common. You say time management is number one, and I totally agree with you. And I think we mismanage our time all the time. An example I give to to some teams or individuals that I work with is like you know how long it takes me to unload my dishwasher? Like two minutes. When I make my coffee in the morning, before the coffee is actually made and I can drink it, I can have my dishwasher emptied. But I will put it off because it's like, it seems like it takes forever. It's not that fun. All of these things, right? Where it's like, okay, if I can do that in two minutes, what can I do in 10 minutes? And I have 10 minutes all day long in between meetings in between whatever it is. Right. And it just gets wasted. So what do you, what, what advice other than, Hey, block your time, what advice, or what do you say to people that are like, I don't have time to fill in the blank. The, the biggest one for me, uh, cause you said I, the fitness app and, uh, yeah. so I do a, a personal training. The number one thing I absolutely hate to hear is I don't have time to go to the gym. Yeah. I don't have time to work out. It infuriates me because all it takes 30 minutes a day. If you're telling me you don't have 30 minutes to do something at the house, to do something at the gym, if you got time to sleep, now this is getting a little extreme. If you got time to sleep, you got time to do something for before bed, right when you wake up. Uh, but to, to go back to this, just the general question, I always say if you can, it's all to me where I feel like I. Uh, excel at that is multitasking. Like you said, with the coffee example, well, before coffee, so if I get the dishwasher unloaded, that's something I don't have to worry about. I'm a, I'm an anti-procrastinator. I do not like waiting till last minute because that's more stress. So if I know I can get something done while something else is happening, I'll work on it or at least get as much of it done as I can. So was, I feel like it's all about trying to build that habit of getting things done while something else has takes time fitting so, it in. So you mentioned earlier 
that you are, you're good at simplifying complex tasks and it's stuck in my head. And then you just said, I like to do multiple things at once. To a lot of people, this feels complex. What do you right. mean when you say you're good at simplifying complex tasks? Because I think that is a superpower, man. Like a lot of us get caught with worry and stress and anxiousness right. around complexity how do you pull it down to a level where it's like, okay, it's not a worry, you know, and why people procrastinate is because, oh, it's too much. It's too complicated. Right. I don't know the answer. I'm not going to do it right. Talk to us about that process because I think you're, these things are layered together. Right. So I always take, whether it's my physics, like a concept, or if it's uh, something you need to get done, like a project, I always break it down into smaller steps. So if you have a big project done, instead of thinking of, oh, I got this hour presentation I have to have done by whenever, just break it down and do a little bit every day. So I, I like to break it down like that. So, you know, if you Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, if you work on it 15, 20 minutes a day, you'll look up and oh, I got half of it done and I still have next week to, to get it done. It doesn't seem like such a big task. So I like to break things down as simple as just, all right, day one, outline done. Let's get the outline done. The outline, get the outline done, five, 10 minutes. And then it's just building off of that every day. Well, and I think about this, like when I was in school writing or what, you know, I write still, the more time I interact with it, like not necessarily the more hours I interact with it, but the mm. more consecutive days, it kind of stacks up. When I sit down for a big chunk, it comes out just way smoother, right? Like if I'm research, if I have a bunch of research done over here because I've been spending two months researching and I've just spent, you know, 10 days, 10 hours, 10 hours, 10 minutes reading this thing, 10 minutes reading this thing, 10 minutes reading this thing and just stacks up day after day after day. When I sit down after two months, I'm like, man, there's a lot in there that I can kind of mine from. I can pull right. out, you know? And so it's not that I ever gave a huge chunk of time to it. It was just that I gave enough time consecutively and now it's pretty free flowing. You know, I think, I think about that. You say, okay, I've worked on it every day for a month and now I, it's due tomorrow or it's due a couple of days from now. It's going to come out way better, clearer, easier. Just, I don't know. It's a huge, huge skill again, right? It's not complicated. Right? Like do a little bit every day. That's a really simple thing to say, right. but it's also not easy to do. No, it's not. So tell us a little bit about the fitness app. So what, who, who's the target? How do people find it? What are you, what are you trying to accomplish with it? So I, uh, again, very passionate in fitness. And I also am passionate in helping other people reach fitness goals. So I used to work at a gym uh, and then COVID happened. And so the pivot to more of like an app where I can reach more people from their pockets um, became the, the idea. And so I, uh, I had a 30 part, third party company develop this app and you download it, you fill out this questionnaire. Uh, so if you're trying to gain muscle mass, just lose fat, strength, training, conditioning, and I get all this information and then I can, if I can, Right, make you a personal workout for on there, and it you just read it and then you just do it day by day. It also comes with like hydration plans, 
nutrition plan based on what you're trying to do. It keeps track of your progress and uh, all that good stuff. And that's the app. That's pretty much what the app does. And I just wanted a way to still help people. Uh, since I moved to San Antonio, I, I, did, I didn't know a soul out here when I moved out here. So in terms of like building from the ground up with training while also school, it wasn't realistic to get build a, a big clientele for in person. So this way I, I still can reach the people in Nashville, uh, where I'm from, back in Missouri, here, you can be Oregon, Canada. It's a way to, to reach more people. And I, I love that. And earlier, and I wrote this down in my notes, but you, you talked about asking the question, right? How do I be a professor? How do I reach people all over the country with this thing that I'm passionate about? You ask the questions of yourself and then you go and do those things. Right. I think that's something that so many of us aren't willing to ask that question, right? We, we get to the point where it's like, oh yeah, that would be cool if I was a college professor. Uh, it seems really hard. Right. And of asking the question, like, okay, what, what does it actually entail? And then break it down and into working it back. <laughs> right. I mean, exactly. it, it all comes together, man. Uh, Finest, we are so grateful you joined us because I think there's a bunch of stuff we can steal from, from your message, man. And, uh, we hope for the best for you that you're, you're running a department someday or not, if that's not, well, no yeah, we'll, that exciting. we'll see. <laughs> But, uh, but thanks for joining us, man. No, I, pre I appreciate you guys uh, giving, the giving me the opportunity to just, you know, have a good conversation and just kind of express some of my passions. Anytime. Absolutely. Let's do it again sometime. Of course. I'd be excited for it. Jamie, we both got done and, and it was like, oh, man, just kind of decompressing. And man, what a cool conversation. Absolutely. And, and I love that, man. I love that's That's often what happens. We get done recording with somebody and we just kind of sit there and it's like, man, we're just so filled by the message and the conversation. What stood out today from, from Finus? Well, I mean, I mean, there's a million things, but right. Simple, but not easy. Right. In the end, that's what, like, okay. So nothing he said should be life-changing, right? But the stuff that he does is absolutely life-changing for a bunch of people, for himself in particular. But like, all right, we're going to give this message to younger uh, students of color to show them that there's a path for them. Awesome, right? That's great. How do you do that? Like, Now you start asking the how, and it really boils down to some pretty simple things like i'm going to be passionate motivated dedicated i'm not going to say no like i'm not going to say no to that thing i'm going to say no to other things like i'm going to break it down into simple simple steps so that when we get when we level up when we ratchet up it's still just one more simple step it's all the things that elite performance is and somebody wants you know a lot of us want the shortcut the secret there it is. <laughs> it's, it's all of those things done really consistently over a long period of time. And like, what an example of elite, right? I like finest good on you, man. Cause it's pretty incredible. Yeah. I, I just am struck by the amount of things that he's doing. And at a high the, level, the, right? And at, a, and at a high level, right? And so 
yes, you, you could say, Hey, Oh yeah, he's got all these things he's got to do. So he's got to plan them. Well, maybe, but are you telling me that if, if you don't already do a weekly plan for yourself or a daily plan or whatever works for you, but if you don't do that, is it just because you don't have things you want to do? Right. I mean, he, he wants to do these things. And so he's got a podcast, he's got a fitness app. He, he's a personal trainer, by the way, he's studying at one of the highest levels to yeah, get a PhD in rocket surgery. Rockets, right? I mean, yeah. Brains. <laughs> no, no, I, no, but it's crazy, man. Yeah. And he finds time to do all of it. And, and it comes back to a question that we have asked many times, what are you willing to give up? What are you willing to sacrifice? He talked about that. Something has to be sacrificed. Yeah. When you decide what you want, then it's easy to say, this is the thing that needs to be sacrificed. No doubt. And like we can go back and we've, we've expressed our own inability to do this at times, right? What do you want? We've struggled with that. Okay. Now that we know very, like once we clarify and specifically say, this is what I want, how do I get there? Break it down into super manageable, simple steps, create a plan so that you can do it. Get on like, again, none of this is complicated. It's not, it's not complex. It's simple, but it is not at all easy to commit to this. How, how do we commit to it? We say no to ourselves a lot. I want to take a nap. No, I want to go party. No, I want to go out and socialize. No. Right. And those things don't have to be sacrificed all the time. They just have to be sacrificed enough to, pri- you know, what's the priority? And I love that challenge. I'm convicted by it, right? I think, I think the other thing, Jamie, and I don't want to, because it happened early in the conversation, it, it struck me as one of my notes. He talked about being the best shoe salesman there is. Yeah talking about a dude who played division one football is getting a PhD in astrophysics sells shoes. And when he's there, he's like, I'm going to be the best that there is. And so if you're going to do something right, it doesn't matter if it's astrophysics, selling shoes, whatever, painting your house, you're working on a house project right now, right? Be all in, figure it out, do the best that you can. And when I struggle, when I don't do it terribly well right now is because I'm pulled in a thousand directions and don't focus, don't do it with intensity. I don't, I procrastinate. Like those things get me to a place where I'm not performing terribly well at something I'm not particularly good at to begin with, right? This house project thing is, is really new to me and kind of scary and, and then I go into YouTube rabbit holes and there's a million things you're supposed to do. And then I just put it off. Right. I, I anti-procrastinator. What a, what a great thing. What a great challenge for all of us. But I just love how you framed it. Does that mean you don't want to do those things? Like, do it, no, that's not the answer. It's just, we're making choices. Right. And I, I think at times we might sound like a broken record here, but the more we talk to elite performers, the more clear it is that there is a formula, not the same for everybody, but you can plug and play pieces of it and you're going to have some success and maybe super high level success. No doubt about it, Jamie. Appreciate you 
Finest. Appreciate you joining us and listeners as always. Live eyes up.